0: we will find you, and I will kill you. Yeah! I am the Shut the fuck up, Donnie! The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the
1: world he didn't exist.
2: What we've got here is
1: failure to communicate. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce
0: me. <laughs> Aren't you? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Just been revoked. Open the pot bay doors, now. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You want answers? I want the
1: truth. You can't handle the truth Not because it is my name. <laughs> I see, Dave. <it. laughs>
0: <laughs> Today, Junior. You ever dance with the devil in the pale you out kid you like scary uh huh what's your favorite scary movies? the price is wrong bitch. may lose respect for that power. But a weak man knows the value of strength and knows compassion. Thanks. I think. Whatever happens tomorrow you must promise me one thing. That you will stay who you are not a perfect soldier, but a good man. To the little guys. <laughs> no, no, wait, wait, what I am doing? No, you have a procedure tomorrow, no fluids. Oh. All right, well, we'll drink it after. No, I don't have procedure tomorrow. Drink it after, drink it now.
1: Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic, and we have a special episode for you today, as the day that this episode drops is July 4th, so happy, happy Independence July. Day!
2: <laughs> Yay! <Insert> sound effects. <laughs> uh,
1: I don't know if I'm going to be that creative with editing, <laughs> but uh, we figured it's July 4th, how can we not do Captain America for July 4th? So uh, but we also have some sad news with that, but only minor sad news. Uh, We after doing this review, after doing this episode, we are going to be taking a short little break pretty much the rest of the month of July um, from the MCU franchise review. We're still going to be doing our Loki reviews. And then after we finish Loki, maybe Some solo, you know, intermittent uh, review episodes. Uh, And then we'll pick it back up probably about mid-August with Avengers. So, sorry, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer (laughs) until we get to the big, big film. Um, But as uh, many of you have heard us say on plenty of the other podcast episodes, we are in our busy season at our actual nine-to-five jobs. uh, And... We've been doing a lot of double recording, uh, so we're ready for a little bit of relaxation time, (laughs) Uh, even though we're not going to get it from work. We need a bit of a small break, so um, this is going to be it for a little bit. But we wanted to do this specifically for July 4th and celebrating Independence Day. So, all right, let's let's uh, dig into it with Captain America. Um, So I got a question for you. OK. And um, I, I depending on I'm not going to, you know, negatively think on anything you say on this. I'm pretty sure you're going to be in the same line as I am. So I really don't think uh, this is a big question. But I know when I uh, when this film came out, I had friends who weren't really big in the comic into the comic books or were just starting to get into the comic books who didn't particularly like this film because it was a period piece. Huh. So were you surprised or were you let down or did you were you fine with the whole, hey, we're making this a World War II movie and uh, that's what we're going with?
2: Uh, it's so funny that you're asking me that because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, people, if you know, like my... If, Favorite time periods of to watch um, television, especially murder mysteries, is 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and you know, once you start getting into 60s, I kind of lose interest. Um, so I absolutely loved that this was a period piece and that we were, <laughs> you know, in the 40s and and you know, at the classic war film, you know, sort of a like and showing his his origin story. So I had zero problems with it at all. I don't really remember. Anybody saying that they didn't like it, like, to me specifically, I don't really recall. I feel like the reviews, people were like, eh, wah, wah. Yeah. Or people were like me, and they were like, this is great, look at Chris Evans, Captain America's butt, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. Of course you had to go
1: there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I had people that uh, expressed some disappointment in it, and um, I'm trying to think, because there was something that I watched, um, it might've been the, the, uh, animated Avengers film. I can't remember because that doesn't completely focus on, on all of world war two, but I feel like there was one that I, um, that I watched at some point or somewhere where it did feel kind of annoying that it focused a lot on the world war two part before getting to like the meat and potatoes of, of the rest of the film. But, um, this I actually really enjoyed. I really liked crafting it as kind of one of those old classic World War II movies.
2: Yeah, and I don't know how you introduce Cap into the MCU as we have it up to this point without, like, going into his backstory and how he became Cap. Like, it just I... doesn't make sense to me, and especially looking back now since we've already had it. How would you have, like, just had him wake up in the ice and go straight forward from there? Like, you know, you'd probably do a lot of telling about, oh, I came from here and, and did this or whatever. And I don't think that would have been as compelling as to get the whole story to see little shrimp, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. And go through the the serum process and all of that. Like, I, I feel like we really needed all of that. Yeah.
1: I I just remember being absolutely pleased with this film.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, I love this one.
1: Now, one thing that had concerned me when uh, when it was announced and, you know, who they cast, I was not sold on Chris Evans right away. (laughs) Um, And let's let's be clear. I was not sold on Chris Evans from the release information, like saying, hey, we cast Chris Evans as Cap because, you know, my prior experience with Chris Evans and films were not another teen movie. Fantastic Four, which he was perfect as Johnny Storm. Well, right. well you know, he did Johnny Storm really well in, the, in those films. Uh, and uh, a perfect score uh, where he was in there with future Black Widow. Uh, um, or, uh, yeah, that's right. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, you know, here you've got kind of more of a comedic actor taking over what is arguably like a more serious character character Uh, And a very important character within not just like the MCU, but just being a foundational character, because it was like one of the first Marvel characters in the comics. And then he was revived uh, years later when Stan Lee and Jack Kirby created the Avengers. uh, Mm -hmm. That was like, I don't know if I if I can see Johnny Storm, you know, the guy who, uh, (laughs) you know, you see him walking in the screen and he's got, you know, the parka <laughs> pulled over himself and flicking his fingers for flames. Yeah,
2: that was uh, that you know, my big thing was you have Johnny storm playing captain America, but you know, I feel like after watching the movie, I was okay with it.
1: Yes. Uh, the movie sold me on it. Like, oh, uh, yeah. that was, that was the biggest hurdle to kind of overcome. And, uh, it, it really did a good job with it. Uh, and he did a fantastic job and he also mm-hmm. proved cause he's, he's done plenty of roles since that he can do the more serious roles as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I really like that. It took it from me going, yeah, I don't know about that to Okay. Yes. Basically. I don't know if I can see anyone else playing cat type of thing. Right. Um, and I also kind of like the mystery with the open of this film too, because we have it where they, we've got the two shield agents, uh, out in, you know, wherever, out in the ice caps and, uh, you know, finding the sh- the ship, the plane and finding Cap's shield, you know. Yeah,
2: this is the part I always – I I honestly always forget this is how it opens because <laughs> the rest of it, you know, is in the, in the 40s. Right. Yeah, I always forget that this is the opener because I'm always thinking about like him and Bucky and the Stark Expo and – and, you know, and kind of going from there, I always forget that part at the beginning.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's fun, especially because, you know, they're like basically they're referring to Nick Fury when they're like, hey, he's going to be want to be woken up for this, you know, type of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, now, one of the one of the parts about this film that I I I like it, but now, like every time when I rewatch it, it's like, OK, this is the the drag part of the film for me is scrawny Steve. Okay. And part of it is um, I'm not even though it looks good or maybe it does, not that it looks good, but it's it's convincing enough. I don't like the effect of scrawny Steve, like, you know, because it's it's a different actor's body and his head basically superimposed. And there's something about how it looks that it's like I, I, it doesn't look 100 percent real to me. You know, like there's yeah. There's a blurring of the line of like... There's a
2: little uncanny valley to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. There, There's just this thing about it that I'm like, all right, I want to get through him, you know, going through the multiple tests and failing and lying. Uh, I want to get through the... Even though I love the scene with him and the bully and, and him with uh, Bucky at the fair... Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, I just want to get past that and get him at super soldier Steve, you know?
2: Yeah. One um, of my favorite parts going through the whole montage is getting the flag because yeah. I'm sitting there thinking like, Are you kidding me? Like literally not one other guy has thought let's work smarter, not harder in 17 yeah. years. They've yeah. all automatically thought I got to climb up this pole. <laughs> well, <laughs> because uh, also, that right there to me is like, yes, yeah, smarter, not harder, buddy.
1: I don't know if this is intentional or not, but, uh, the the drill sergeant, um, he, he's very reminiscent of R. Lee Emery. Uh, and if you're not familiar with him, uh, if you have seen, um, oh god, why, uh, Full Metal Jacket, uh, he is the drill sergeant in that. He's uh, been in a whole bunch of films. Like, if, if you've looked up a picture of him, like right now, you would know where you've seen him. He was in like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot, uh, or remake. Uh, he's he's very known for like l- large, yelly mouthy guys. And <laughs> it's got that accent too. And this guy always kind of reminds me of a younger version of him, mm-hmm. uh, especially with how he shouts Rogers and all that yeah. stuff. You know? <laughs> um, but, but, but jumping back a little bit to get back to the Stark Expo, like this is our introduction to Howard Stark as kind of mm-hmm. a young uh, kid and inventor. And we get to kind of see the hover car a little bit. But well, we also get to see the um, – um, no, I'm going to get the name wrong, but I, but the actual original first human torch um, before Johnny Storm. So if you remember in the expo scene, like there's like a – what's like – looks like a guy in kind of a pink purplish suit inside like a big giant glass case. Uh, I think it like says like human synthesoid or something like that. Um, that is a reference to the original – Human Torch, who was like a robot that was developed by a scientist that also helped like fought in World War II with Cap. So that's okay. a nice, like, little nod to Marvel history and stuff like that.
2: Well, and uh, probably to uh, Chris Evans, too, having played.
1: Yeah, Torch, that, you know? yeah quite possibly. Uh, but yeah, we also get the introduction of Sebastian Stans, Bucky, for the first time, which is completely different from the comics iteration because like Bucky was a younger kid that kind of partnered with Steve, but I really like this version of like Bucky and that relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. having them as two best friends who kind of grew up in a depression together and have kind of always been the ba- there for each other. And like Bucky always kind of being the protector to Steve, mm-hmm. even though Steve doesn't like want it, but needs it. Yeah. Uh, it, it it really is kind of one of those great character works that has lasted through the MCU, which is what you know makes Winter Soldier so good, Civil War so good. Uh, and one of the kind of the better aspects to Falcon and Winter Soldier, even though we're overly critical of it and <laughs> I'm talking about being critical of it. Um, and then obviously there's there's going to be a point when we get in, into it further that we're going to talk about what why this is kind of a better look at that development of character and why it was so important that like Steve got the serum versus someone like um, Walker who got the, got the serum in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, but also then, you know, while they're at the expo, like, of course, Steve tries for like the sixth or seventh time <laughs> to, uh, to get in. And uh, when he thinks he's going to get arrested, this is where we get to meet Erskine. Um yeah. Oh, I jumped. The, I I did forget about something important. Um, the invasion into I believe it's Tonesburg, which we mentioned in in uh, Thor, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Red Skull coming in, and the tie, kind of even more of a tie to Thor too is Yggdrasil, the tree of life uh, that mm-hmm. connects all and the that night. And church. Yeah, and uh, the 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 tesseract, and that it wouldn't be you know buried with a guy, but it was hidden behind uh, the tree, and. Uh, so that's kind of our, you know, setup for the villain uh, for mm-hmm. the film. Uh, but then our we first look er- at Hydra. Yes, first look at Hydra, which is vastly important, <laughs> um, considering their impact on on the MCU and and future films. Uh, and we, I really like uh, Stanley Tucci's performance as Erskine in this film. Yeah, um, it's. I also like when um, when Steve asks him, like, where are you from? And he's like, you know, Brooklyn or something like that. Or, you know, he <laughs> gives somewhere. But then he's like, but before that, you know, Germany. And, you know, it was never really like, I don't think it was Steve's like intention of being like, what country are you from? Or where did you come from? But just to know who this man is. Mm-hmm. and um, And I really like this relationship that develops between the two of them because it makes that – impact of his death later like that more momentous for the character yeah
2: and this has a lot of parallels of Jensen and Tony to yes. it as well yes a lot of parallels
1: outside of uh well I guess on the one hand one person is, is a drinker the other one <laughs> never gets a chance um <laughs>
2: I don't have procedure tomorrow I drink it now <laughs> yes I, lo- I love that
1: scene I- I- every time I love that scene um I also like, not that I would have ever expected to see him in a comic book film, even though I guess technically being in Men in Black, Men in Black was a comic book as well, if I have that correctly. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is the kind <laughs> of like the, the general or whatever involved. Um, and we also get our introduction of Peggy Carter, yes. who is like low key, like one of the best characters in all of the MCU, in my right. opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um like I I I really like how she just like stands up to like the one like Jock, uh, yeah. you know Hodge. soldier, yeah, Hodges, uh, because like he's just like oh yeah you know you're, you're just some dame basically Queen
2: Victoria yeah.
1: yeah, um, and and as much as I will say like I felt like that that beginning stuff with Scrawny Steve is a slog I do like the boot camp stuff yeah uh, that is I really I mean how
2: fun. do you How do you not fall in love with Steve in the grenade scene?
1: Oh, that's 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 where I was going to next. Like, I really like that conversation and it really hits home to that point of being like a good person rather than being a strong person uh, or, you know. God, I'm trying to think of other words to describe it, but maybe arrogant or uh, foolhardy, like when everyone doubt everybody but Erskine. And maybe Peggy, because Peggy, you know, kind of really um, gloms on to Steve a little bit, too, Mm -hmm. um, by by his charisma, his character rather than his strength. And uh, like I I love when, uh, you know, he takes that uh, not live grenade, pulls the pen, throws it, you know grenade and he's expecting like Hodges to be the one to do something and like Steve is the person that throws himself on there and it's like telling everyone yeah. to get away and it just proves like erskine's point mm-hmm. to, uh to to him that it's like yeah this is why it needs to be him
2: yeah because I think I <laughs> excuse me I think it's his character, Tommy Lee Jones, I think he had just said about Hodge, like, he's big, he's strong, he obeys orders, yes. which is basically um, what Walker was. Like, he's big, he's strong, he obeys orders, he does everything we tell him to, which is, you know, and in that in, in the show, at what point is he, like, in front of the Congress or something? And he's yeah. like, I did everything you told me to, you know, that's basically what Hodge is, you know, and, and Erskine knows it's not the way, that's not the right way, not the person to pick.
1: Right. Right. Just because you follow orders doesn't doesn't like really define your character.
2: Right. And remember that he was when he'd already talked to Steve and said everybody forgets the Nazis invaded their own country first. He already has familiarity with people who were just following orders.
1: Right. And Um, And that's even highlighted further on the night before the procedure when they're having that conversation uh, and and he uh, greedily steals Steve's drink. Um, (laughs) You know, like the reason he's doing this is because he was forced to develop the serum for the Nazis or for Hydra and how why he's specifically looking for other characteristics that can't be just put down on paper Mm-hmm. um and like seeing the effects that it had on Schmidt um you know and obviously the deformity it causes with Schmidt uh that it, it this is why it needs to be someone who's basically purely a good person which is why I had the issue uh in, in Falcon and winter Soldier when Isaiah's you know basically trashing Steve as just another white blonde hair blue-eyed guy like, That was being so discourteous to the character of Rogers and to this film, which is establishing that like Steve doesn't care about anything except doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is a character arc that runs through all of the films, especially when you get to Civil War. It's not about following orders. It's not about doing what the government wants, but it's about following his heart and doing Mm -hmm. what's right. And so that's where I really took umbrage with with what Falcon and Winter Soldier Attempted to do with his legacy, because it's so counterintuitive to what we see in this film and what we see in the later films. Yeah. Um, so kind of like just you know jump jumping ahead. Enough. We get to the <laughs> super super soldier uh, uh, part, which uh, is is really fun, especially what what does he say? Like uh, I'm taller. You know, or something when he comes out of it. Oh,
2: when he comes out of it, he's like, I feel, I feel different. She, Peggy's like, you look taller.
1: Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get, of course hydra's involvement uh shooting erskine stealing the 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 formula uh and caps little chase through uh you know wherever to to stop him
2: yeah this is one of those scenes. i appreciate that he like spins out a couple times like yes. when he's figuring out his powers and stuff he doesn't he's not immediately amazing because obviously he's been through like boot camp as scrawny steve but now right. he's like actually captain america steve he's kind of got to figure out how do I use my legs, you know, like a drunk giraffe? Like, how do I run?
1: Yeah, it's kind of uh, like a, a counter image to uh, Blonsky and, and Hulk, where like once he's hit with whatever part of the serum he's given, uh, you know, he's like able to, because he's trained his life and he's always kind of been yeah. a fit soldier and it didn't add like any muscle tone to him. Uh, so he was able to like just run straight on and, you know, have no issues with it. But mm-hmm. Steve, it's... It's a whole new body. like yeah. you know, this is nothing he's used to. So yeah, when he's like rounding that first corner and he <laughs> runs into the dress store, basically, yeah, uh, and uh, so yeah, and I, one of one of the things I love the most too, because it's like it's one of those things where in movies, like it it's the kind of like easy thing to relax or to rely on is like a kid gets thrown in the water, so the hero's gotta go jump in and save him. And yeah. like so the kid gets thrown in the water and he's like, I can swim. Go get the guy. (laughs) Like, I love that bit. I
2: love that kid. I can swim. (laughs) It's
1: it's like, yeah, no, I'm not a like, you know, kid in distress. Like I'm not going to drown just by being in some water. So, um, and this is the one thing like I, so as much as, uh, we had issues with Falcon and winter soldier. One thing I did not have issue with was, uh, them kind of creating, uh, other super soldiers mm-hmm. uh, like that. They, cause you know, the one thing was always, well, there was only one serum and Erskine was the only one who knew how to develop the serum. Um, but after that whole scene with Hydra and, and Steven, and the agent, we are given a scene here where they take his blood. Yeah, they, they have several vials of his blood. So it's very easy. You were not going to get like the complete picture which would explain why they had several tests, uh, test subjects and why none of them really, outside of Isaiah, uh, really survived the process. Like, either yeah. they went crazy or they killed themselves uh, or they died in combat. Like, And it's also why Blonsky, when he's given the version he's given, it really it, it leans into that going mentally unstable. He craves more power. He wants mm-hmm. more. Also, his dubious character... Uh, in general is with, yeah, yeah uh, com- uh, it makes it more complex so and wasn't if, that
2: what bruce was already kind of working on well you know? to
1: not to his knowledge but yes
2: yeah the, so we already know that like from this point when they've taken vials of steve's blood science and scientists whether it's the government or whoever have been trying to figure out how to create another super soldier like him
1: Right. And then as we get kind of revealed in in Civil War, like Howard was involved a little bit, too, because he was transporting, I guess, what was remaining of like the test serums. And that's, you know, when Winter Soldier steals it and, you know, they use it for more Winter Soldiers in uh, in Russia. Um, But, yeah, it's it's there. So, you know, if you you want to complain all you want. They did the work, even not knowing that, you know, years and years and years down the road we <laughs> get Falcon and Winter Soldier and they would introduce Isaiah. Right.
0: Um,
1: now, this is the other part of the film that I, I, uh, I enjoy, but also now, like, after seeing it so many times, I want to get past, and that <laughs> is The Star-Spangled Man with a Plan. <laughs> um, I like, I appreciate do, do, that they kind of give do, him... Do. <laughs> give him the classic costume <laughs> yeah
2: um
1: and it looking really cla- uh, crappy but also giving him the classic shield uh you know cuz it's it was never originally the circular shield it was more of that kind of crest looking shield mm-hmm. um but yeah it's just like one of those moments where it's like okay it's i want to get to the action like i understand the point of it cuz it's yeah. also steve's dissatisfaction Uh, with not being used for what he was intended to be used because he wants to go and fight for good and for the war effort. And it's the, you know, government people who are exploiting him and also like, well, we spent all this money on creating you and you're the only one we got. Like, we don't want to put you at risk of losing you.
2: And I think it's just a nice way to like montage through everything that's going on. Yeah. You know. All, and you see, like, the comic books and the yeah. movies and the, all of it and the, all the propaganda and I'm sure the trading cards somewhere, Colson's trading cards. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just, like, a nice way to go through and and, and really establish that, yeah, and in the MCU, in this earth, like, that was all part of it. It was all part of World War II. You know, all the kids were probably growing up and did you get the new comic and stuff? Like, it was really ingrained. It, right. I feel like it just really helped set – the character. when you think about that for Avengers and how excited everybody is and everybody's like, it's Captain America, you know, and, 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 uh, everything like that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's not like unnecessary, but I know it's like one of those points where it's like, okay, I'm ready for this part to be over. <laughs> now. Like when I was in the theaters, I enjoyed it obviously, but it's like, I, I want to get now to the action part, but it is also, uh, really, um, it, it's contrasted very well too, because, When he goes on the overseas tour, it goes to the drab colors, the real gritty world, and the fact that like these soldiers don't want to see some monkey show, you know, which is you know what he draws on his little picture (laughs) pad is him on a monkey (laughs) show. Yes, Uh, I'll I'll see what we can do about that. Uh, They only know one song. And also, all in this interim, we're getting more introduced to uh, Schmidt and um, Red Skull, just to make it easier to, yeah. to kind of reference them and Zola. Um, and I, I, I really like not to jump to the, you know, winter soldier, but I really like that. They, they took Zola where Zola goes in the, in the comics and kind of becoming a, a, a computer being versus a, a real world being. Yeah. Uh, Cause like when, when you see him in here, you know, you're like, ah, oh, they'll never do that, and then you get the <laughs> Winter Soldier, and it's like, holy crap, they actually did it. <laughs> they
0: did it. Uh,
1: so it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that's really cool. Um, but you know, I I like that this shows that he, Red Skull doesn't really necessarily care about Hitler's dream; mm-hmm. he cares about Red Skull's dream
2: and yeah. Hydra's dream. Oh yeah. Uh,
1: so like when the when the the Nazi officers are like. You're crazy. Like wait until. Yeah, Berlin wait until is like, on
2: this map. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like wait till we tell we tell him about this, and he's like, uh, I don't think you'll be telling him anything, and just immediately <laughs> right. evaporates them all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this also hits home too because Steve is is there, and he finds out that Bucky's uh unit has been missing and is mm-hmm. like kind of presumed dead, uh or captured, and this is what really propels him to being the war hero. Because uh, it's also the was the one hundred first, I believe. Um,
2: one hundred seventh.
1: One hundred seventh, which was the unit like that his father, I think, served in in like World War One or whatever, and and died. Um, so and that's where Bucky was assigned, and this is a chance for him to kind of reunite with Bucky. Uh, and I, I, I love this entire sequence. Like I love Peggy helping him. Um. I love Howard's fondue line, uh, especially with Steve, like not knowing what fondue is yeah, <laughs> and and totally having that backfire on him later. <laughs> um, but I, I love the whole rescue scene because we also we get introduced to the Howling Commandos, Dum mm-hmm. uh, Dum Dugan. And unfortunately, I don't know the name of like all the other ones, but uh, oh, God, I wish I remembered the character's name, but the Asian one. What I really love about him is is that the same actor ends up playing a descendant of his of him. yeah. in uh, Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. He's the and principal. Has a, yeah, he's the principal, and he has the picture of him in his office. Yes. And it's that's such a small and subtle, like, you won't catch it unless you know it,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: detail. And that's just really cool. But I also like the line of, like, oh yeah we're recruiting like Asians now he's like I'm from San Francisco <laughs> <laughs> you know? um and uh so we get the whole Howling Commando stuff uh we get uh now this also was like the first seeds planted for Winter Soldier because we see that Bucky's been tortured but we don't know what's or been how. done
2: yeah
1: uh and I also like uh didn't you used to be smaller?
2: <laughs> yeah, what happened? I joined the army. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and we get the, you know, we also get the big uh, Red Skull reveal by, uh, you know, uh, I, oh, God, why can't I think of his name? Elron uh, Hugo even, Thank you. Elron Megatron, all those great characters. <laughs> uh, Agent Smith. Uh, you know, he finally takes off his face and we see the Red Skull makeup, uh, which looks really good. Uh, yeah.
2: It doesn't look bad.
1: I remember I, I I believe I mentioned it on the uh, on the Thor Thor episode, but like I had that 90s or I have it somewhere. I don't know where it's at right now, but the 90s Captain America film and the Red Skull. I don't think he looks really bad in it, but he doesn't look this good. Also, <laughs> I believe he's Italian in that film. Uh, there's there are so many problems with with that 90s Captain America film, uh, but you know, before before this one, we had really nothing else. We had some 70s films and those were really cheesy and weird. Uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll take what I can get. Um, and then we get basically a whole bunch of montages. You know, we're mm-hmm. getting different battles, different fights. Uh, we've got cool. this. We finally get the shield.
2: Uh, we're wiping Hydra off the map.
1: Yep. Uh, you know, the first introduction of vibranium into the MCU, uh, that, you know.
2: We get Peggy's bullet shots on yes, the
1: shields. Yes. Uh, that is one of the best scenes, too, because <laughs> of, like, you know, what is it, um, you know, because he, he makes out with Natalie Dormer's, like, uh, secretary officer or something. Yeah. Because, oh, you saved all those men. And, and then, like, Steve's like, oh, but you, you've had fondue with Stark and <laughs> and then like you have Stark like nah it's just like cheese dipped in whatever or something oh, and bread
2: dipped in melted cheese.
1: Yeah and it's like oh and then they pick up the shield and she pulls the gun out <laughs> and shoots <him. laughs> and yes it works. Very conveniently. <laughs> um, and yeah so you know I, I like that the movie doesn't waste time on giving us like several different battles it just gives us this really good wartime montage scenes of different things mm-hmm. showing him use the shield also his costume is
2: improving per-
1: perfect a- am i like this outside of i would say um basically in game costume for cap cuz the in game costume for cap had a, actually a little bit of the scales from the original design um this is probably the best one because like avengers it's Okay, but there's something silly about it with how it looks like in Avengers. And then uh, when you get the Winter Soldier, it's the stealth suit. And then he goes back to the original suit. So uh, and then they kind of stick with that for the rest of the films kind of going forward. Uh, So I I really I used to hate uh, then because this really came on when they did the ultimate sign, ultimate line uh, for for the Marvel comics. I used to hate the helmet version. So where it's like it's got the strap under his neck, or oh, okay. you know, under his chin, and everything. Um, I used to hate it, but this film is what made me actually really like it. Versus just being something he pulls up over his head, you know? Okay, yeah, it, like it a cowl. It makes more practical sense. It looks really good. Uh, so I, I really, uh, really like this costume design. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, like what we talked about in Falcon Winter Soldier with some montages of that they did with Walker and Battlestar are taken directly from this film. Like when they burst open the uh, like the barn doors and he's got the Mm -hmm. gun pulled and and the shield up. Uh, So it's nice to see uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier reflecting on kind of some of those prior prior things. Um, Also, you have Red Skull being very pissed. Uh, (laughs) I also... It's, like, one of those lines that it's, like, it's not particularly clever, but it works so well, where, like, he's got the one survivor uh, oh, yeah, and he's, like, we fought all until the last man. And then he, like, kills oh, him, the and he's, like, that evidently, evidently <laughs> not, <laughs> you
0: know?
1: Um, and, and then, like, the you are failing. Uh, yeah, Hugo even did such a great job, and it's kind of sad that they never... Uh, I think he didn't like wearing the makeup or something or he just didn't like working on the film that he was like, I'm never really coming back as Red Skull. Um, Which is credit to Ross Markhand, who actually does him in Endgame and uh, Infinity or yeah, and just in Endgame. He's not in Infinity War, right? No, he is Infinity War. Yeah, he's he's there. um, Because he does a very good Hugo Weaving impersonation.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, really good. Good enough that I was like, is it or isn't
1: it? Right, like, it's it's very close. And if, you, if no one had told me that, or if IMDb didn't show that it was a different actor, I would have been like, holy crap, they actually got him back. <laughs> um, and it also ties into how this film ends, because there was always kind of the feeling that there was more potential for what was going to happen. Like, it wasn't just simply that he was dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Then we get to kind of probably what's the most tragic scene. And this is, you know, speeding forward towards the, you know, near the end of the film where they do the train mission um, and we get Bucky's fall. And uh, let me let me ask you this, uh, because I know you're not as well like versed in the comics or anything like that. Did you think that this would be the end of Bucky? Uh,
2: Well, Let's see. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember what I thought when I first saw it versus you know my knowledge now, you know because especially like the first time I saw it, I probably did think that he was gone. Okay. Like from my f- trying to remember back. Right.
1: Know? And well, see, I and I, I'm more tied. I was more not so much now, but I was more tied into the comics. So like I knew of Winter Soldier, but I will say how they did his death. I didn't think they were ever going to do Winter Soldier because it it was done in such a way where it was like there's there's just no way like, you know, How it's too far. Impossible. It's, it's jagged. And I think that might be when we get to Winter Soldier, my one complaint, uh, because maybe at the time they didn't think they were going to do Winter Soldier. And I remember when they were talking about doing Winter Soldier, they were actually going to make. Winter Soldier, uh, instead of Russian, they were going to make him Chinese. And I was like, "Eh, I get you want to update it for the times, but like, that's not right. When Winter Soldier is Bucky, like Mm -hmm. you, that would be uh, a disrespect to the character. So I I can say like at at the time, I didn't think that they were actually going to bring him back, but I'm so happy they did. (laughs)
2: um it's worked out so well so far
1: (laughs) very much so and then you know we get zolas basically surrender his cooperation with the military um and uh yeah basically the rest of it is just the infiltration of the hydra base his final fight with uh red skull skull you trying to hold the tesseract and um Being transported, basically. Like, it looks like he's being disintegrated, but he's being transported to uh, Vormir, basically. Right.
2: So, like, watching it the first time, I probably thought, eh, he's probably dead. But then when we see Avengers, and you see how Loki teleports in with it, it looks like that. So I feel like it's one of those, like, having seen Avengers and the effects and the use of the Tesseract there... When I go back and watch this now, I I clearly what I see is clearly he's being teleported somewhere, but that's because of everything I've seen after.
1: So I would have had the same thought. Um, Now again, like this is working on before before uh, Avengers knowledge. Mm -hmm. Had they not opened up the portal, and you would see kind of like space. Yeah. Um. So like it was always my belief that he was transported somewhere. like Now, where that somewhere was, no one knew. Um, kind of one of my thoughts uh, as a failing of Winter Soldier, but not even like it's not even a big criticism or, or even uh, it's more of a missed opportunity, would have been to have uh, Robert Redford's character actually Red Skull um, because there was a point. I think it's actually in the Winter Soldier graphic novel where – you have this guy who's manipulating things on the back end and he is wearing, you know, we've already seen him wear a mask uh, mm-hmm. and it's Red oh. Skull. And so you would have had to do some explaining, some extra work to kind right. of, you know, explain how he's there at that time and how he's still like young or whatever. Uh, so it's it's a missed opportunity, but not really a huge one, um, because I do like what they ended up doing with it. And it works Um within the context of the MCU. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then we kind of end off with Cap waking up and I, I, love how he figures out that it's not what, what they present it to be.
2: Yeah. And like, again, this is with the whole knowledge afterwards, but the more that I've watched that scene, the more I thought that like, if she had just said, well, we know that, you know, it's an old one. We were just trying to wake you up gently I feel like it wouldn't have caused the whole need to go run out the door, but she froze and didn't know what to do. So I'm like, trainer, you know, where's her (laughs) file? She needs more training. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, I think that this was actually playing more to uh, the Ultimates line of the comics and definitely from the animated Avengers film where when he wakes up that's basically what he does. It's like he runs and he you know I think he's in the in the in the animated film he's uh, at the uh God, I kind of can never say the na- name right. The Triskilian or whatever or Truskolan. Um Yeah, that that place. Uh <laughs> that that shows up in Winter Soldier. Um which is probably what I will refer to it when we get to our Winter Soldier <laughs> review. Uh you know, he does that kind of whole run and, and then finding out that he's in present day. But I like that that's the end part of the film. Like, yeah, I I could see people complaining on it being like, well, wait a minute. Like you're going to end it there uh, with him just realizing it. But I also like that. The, the line it ends on is I I had a date, you know, (laughs)
2: Well, and I like that his run there is very reminiscent to his first run. Yes. He's in the same sort of white t-shirt, grayish pants or or khaki pants. Is that what? Kind whatever of. they are. And, I mean, of course, they found an SSR shirt to, to put mm-hmm. him in. But it's that same I, – I mean, it's probably not the same street or whatever. I mean, if it is, I don't know. I'm not, like, familiar with New York. Uh, but probably he goes, not that
1: he ends up in Times Square.
2: So. Yeah, but he goes he goes running, and it's very reminiscent of that first time when he goes running out the door. He goes running out this door and into the street. You know, and it, it just has nice parallels there.
1: Yeah, and then you have, of course, you know, like uh, – uh, Fury's kind of like, well, you've been asleep for a long time, and yeah. uh, you know, and we need your help, basically.
2: Yeah, and if you watch the expanded part of that scene, like I understand why and where they cut it to mm-hmm. to fit there, and I think that works. But watching the extended piece of it's interesting.
1: I don't know if I've ever watched the extended.
2: Piece. Oh, it's. I mean, they they have a lot more dialogue where he's like, "How did that happen?" And Fury's like, "I think we nobody really knows, but we think it's something to do with the cold and." Kind of put you in suspended animation, and they kind of go back a little bit. It still ends with him saying, "I had a date." But yeah. They have a they have a little more back and forth about like what happened.
1: Okay, I'm. But it have makes, to go check that out.
2: It definitely makes sense that they cut it for the movie.
1: Yeah, because I mean, it's one you have runtime, and two, yeah. it's like how important is it really to go into that bit of exposition? Because you know, well, everyone kind of knows that that backstory of like, he was frozen <laughs> and he wakes up.
2: Right. Well, it's kind of like even in writing too. sometimes your sentence has more impact when you cut it down.
1: Yeah.
2: Versus when you try and you're like, I got to fill in, I got to put all these words. And you think that, like, it's going to mean more if you fill it more when it's like if you cut it down, that actually has more impact to the audience.
1: Right. Right. So, yeah. And then we get. What is probably, even though, like I remember at the time when when watching it, I was like so excited. Uh, what is probably the worst of the uh, post credit scenes because it's <laughs> just a trailer, really. Yes. Like honestly. I think it would have been fine just showing him do the like doing the boxing and then yeah, Fury like saying, "Hey, we have a mission. We need you, you know, to get you back in the world and stuff."
2: Yeah, and just like ended that there. would have been so much better. Just just to hear the boom, you know, when he's yeah. punching, and and maybe just Fury walks in and it's like got a mission or whatever, and then cut it. But yeah, doing the trailer thing. But I think that's also another sign of the time.
0: Yeah, sort of a yeah. thing
2: that's like we're and. Because this was kind of the big deal that we're putting yeah. all the superheroes in the same movie, that it was we've got to really sell that. And it's a big deal.
1: Also, you're putting it in 2012 and that was the year <laughs> the world was supposed to end. So it was like, hey, we got you know, if the in case. The world ends. At least we gave them something. <laughs> right. um, but, yeah, you know, it's 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 like it's not particularly bad. It's just the one that's the most out of place because it's so obviously like a movie trailer versus yeah. or if they would have just maybe done it and broken it up where you because now we typically get two credit scenes. Now have this have that first part be a mid credit scene and then follow it up at the end with like the teaser for Avengers. Um, oh. That might have done it a little bit better, but it, it, it's it's very gimmicky now. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it's just it like I watch it every time I'm never not going to watch it, but <laughs> it, it's just like one of those things. Cause it even, you know, some assembly required or whatever. And yeah, you know, it's like, hey, maybe if you just given us the images and the stuff, maybe, maybe that would have been it. But, um, yeah. So overall, like I, I really like this film. I know when it came out, it was again, like we've talked about with the, with the other, uh, MCU films like with Hulk and with uh, Thor, these early Avengers movies or or solo films were not highly praised. This was like Mm -hmm. at a 60 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, very close to following in that rotten range. Um, And a lot of it was because the people didn't like it being a period piece. They didn't like it being a war film film. Uh, you also had it being directed by Joe Johnson, who directed the worst Jurassic Park film. Uh, <laughs> looking at you, Jurassic Park 3. Um, but I, I really I really liked this film. I thought it really captured the vibe of the old war movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Evans totally won me over as Cap. Uh, I really liked the world they established and it had me so hyped for Avengers. I was yeah. just like, I can't wait a year until Avengers comes out.
2: Right. Like, for me, this film was the one that I have showed my dad because mm-hmm. I knew that he would enjoy this more than if I would started by showing him Iron Man. Okay. So it's one of those – not that my – like – you know, if you just have a like somebody who's just not really a movie person, that's yeah. just like my dad's not really like that much of a movie person. But I knew this being a period piece and a classic war film and the tone that it sets, he would watch this and then like it more and then we could go into like Iron Man and I could like get him to watch the rest with me. Well, and chronologically Te- yeah, technically again, it works. Technically chronologically it works. So I was like you you'll like this one, you know, and I started by showing him this one.
1: And uh, since, you know, we've got a ways to go till we get to this film, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and and shit on it now. This is what pisses me off about Captain Marvel, because Captain Marvel is what gives Fury the uh, the idea to create the Avengers initiative. Uh, But Cap is and by the title of this film, the The first first Avenger. Avenger. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I I really that's just where I don't like where they tried to fit Captain Marvel in the MCU and try to really shove her character for Endgame
2: yeah I don't know if you had thoughts on that no I mean I don't know if anybody else like has a lot of comic knowledge about her character at some point when she became a fighter pilot herself because I know before she was just like an assistant was her call sign Avenger? I don't know if that's actually true or if that's just I something they made hate, for this. So. You know, bec- that is one of those things that it does feel like a shoehorn. It yeah. really does feel like they just were trying to slam their heel into there to make it fit by giving her the call sign Avenger. Like, it just, it doesn't work for me.
1: Right, and I think <laughs> if you want to do it this way or the way that they did it, they could have done it more delicately. We're like, maybe because we know Colson's a fanboy of Cap. And he's been in this experience with Fury at the same time that they have a conversation. And, you know, Colson brings up Cap and, you know, like, hey, we had this super soldier. We had this war hero. Maybe she reminds me a lot like him or something. Yeah. And then... You have kind of him, develop uh, Fury, developed the idea for the Avengers Initiative.
2: Yeah, what would have really made more of impact for me is if Coulson's like, oh, you know, and he has one of the comics and it says Captain America, the first Avenger, or something. Yeah. Like, as the as the title of the comic, you know, or something like that, that. Then, like you said, kind of, she reminds me of this, blah, blah, blah. And going from there, yeah. that would have worked a lot better.
1: Yeah, it just, it, it needed to be handled more delicately because it... Considering like the backlash that film was getting even before it was out, Brie Larson and her not general uh, 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 unlikability right now—not uh, just before that film, but like current day unlikability—which uh, is probably why they're rebranding it and and it's Marvel's now instead of Captain yeah, Marvel. Yeah, multiple two.
2: different ones. Yeah.
1: Um, and. Well, because.
2: I I mean, not to jump like way, way ahead, but even when they first announced that she was cast as Captain Marvel, I was like, oh, I'm really (laughs) disappointed.
1: In all honesty, like actually I liked Brie Larson and I still to an extent like Brie Larson in certain films, Um, but like I wasn't like overly like, oh, no, she can't be uh, she can't be uh, Captain Marvel. It was just then everything that kind of came out about it. The story details, the kind of like like we've said about these early MCU movies. They've introduced us to female, strong female characters without it. And then not
2: do anything with
1: them. Well, there's that, too. Uh, But but that where it wasn't forced, uh, where like we accepted it, like Peggy. Peggy is beloved by pretty much everyone who loves the MCU. And none of it felt like they were forcing a strong female character. Same with Pepper. Same with uh, with Black Widow. Like, we understood the character's motivations and what little backstories we were given and understood they were strong, female, independent characters. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Captain Marvel, we were being directly told outside of the film, she's a strong, independent female character she don't need no man or nothing like that and then you know that's all that the movie presents and it shows her having no weakness um and just that she's just arrogant which doesn't help develop a character at all like <laughs> w- tony's arrogant but tony's arrogant and knows that that's a problem yeah and struggles with that arrogance constantly um, and we only see him really taking acceptance for that arrogance, basically by Spider-Man: Homecoming, when he's trying to be the 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 responsible mentor to Peter, which is why I call him the Uncle Ben of the MCU for Peter. Yeah. Um,
2: well, you know, I think he's, part of the sorry. To no, say, you're fine. I think part of the issue with Captain Marvel two, well, not two is in the number, yeah. but as well is is that I feel like they were kind of rushing her so that they could have her in Infinity War in game. Yeah. And because I feel like if they had taken their time with her character, they could have done a movie very similar to this, to this one. And yes. there is a YouTuber out there, I'm sorry I can't think of his name, but he actually did a side-by-side comparison of like, this is why um, Captain America works and this is why Captain Marvel doesn't. And gives you all the things that are very, very similar but also why they're very very different. But if they had taken their time to like show her as as a female soldier on this air base and stuff, then go through the crash and yeah. and and then we have her. Like I, I feel like she needed her own three movie arc. She needed a, a movie like this. And then she needed her Winter Soldier movie where she's realizing her powers and and things like that and going against what's his name. Um, I don't remember his oh, name. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Jim Ball. I-
1: yeah, I know. Yeah, I know like, what you're talking about. Yeah.
2: And then she needed to come into Endgame or whatever. But like, I feel like they tried to rush all of that, and that's why you get a lot of tell and no show. Yes. In her movie is because they tried. They were trying to fill that in for you and hurry up and have her for Endgame.
1: And uh, and to kind of build off on that too, the original plan was to have her show up uh, at the end of Age of Ultron, and then they scrapped it. And it's like, ooh, if you had introduced her there
2: and you could had have her given part, her some time,
1: yes, she could have grown more. We could have understood uh, more about her character. Uh, you could still do the '90s backstory film mm-hmm. and everything. But honestly, what has me more interested in Marvels is Teona Paris's um, Monica and um, Kamala Khan. You know, like, mm-hmm. I want to see them more in that film than yeah. I want to see Brie Larson's Captain Marvel.
2: Well, absolutely, especially after WandaVision. You know, yeah. she's – Monica's the one I want to see. I could care less about Brie Larson's Captain Marvel.
1: Exactly. Exactly, because even though we only got, like, a little bit of Monica as a kid in, in, in Captain Marvel – we we got to understand her relationship with her mother, and then what does what does WandaVision do? It builds on that. It shows mm-hmm. us the struggle she had to overcome. Also the struggle of being someone who was blipped and 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 then you know someone who wants to do right uh by Wanda and everything, and not just have someone say, No, she's just a bad guy, and knowing that there's more nuance to what's going on. And, uh so yeah, you know, it, it also because you said like how kind of one note is Carol Danvers within the MCU is Hodge, basically.
2: Yes, yeah, she is.
1: You know, it, it's just a female version of Hodge who is just all she's, bravado and, and arrogance, but no fault, which is why I a Cap,
2: character to write. I don't yeah. know who created her to begin with and like how that happened.
1: Well, see, she was more. And not uh, you know because we're we're moving we're moving off track. Here, <laughs> we went off already... on a
2: tangent. You're the one who brought up Captain Marvel. <laughs> I know. Well,
1: and, and and Captain Marvel has me so amped up uh, on what they did wrong with with her character and with her film. But Captain Marvel was never like the, Her as Captain Marvel took years, decades before she became Captain Marvel. It was only with her interaction with Marvel that she got some powers and she was Ms Marvel. And then eventually Marvel dies and then she takes on the mantle of Captain Marvel. And we don't like I would have preferred more that this had been a Ms Marvel film and then maybe upgrade it to Captain Marvel and then get your Marvel's film. Uh, because you can't do it now when you have the Ms Marvel series which I'm really excited for because I I love Kamala Khan like as much as people hate on her character, which I don't understand why. Like I, I when long, long ago, when we were talking about the Avengers game, I, I likened her to you, because she's <laughs> like the ultimate like fangirl nerd, like knows all of the like deep lore with some of these characters and stuff. Kamala is just fun and like I really love her character and like being like a kid who's like oh my god I got powers (laughs) you know and just having fun with it I'm really excited for the Ms. Marvel series and uh, you know it was I don't know why people are hating on it but like it's those characters it's Monica and Kamala I'm more excited to see having interactions on the big screen than it is Carol but uh, bringing it back around to to, <laughs> to our final thoughts in Captain uh, America: First Avenger, I I think that this film did what it needed to do, and I think if you if you go back and rewatch it now, if you haven't watched it in a while, and you maybe didn't quite like it as a period piece then, maybe you will appreciate and enjoy it as a period piece now, knowing where his story goes. Yeah, and knowing where a lot of these character beats and character moments. Play out for in the greater MCU because, kind of until until uh, Bucky shows up again, like Tony is kind of his Bucky for a bit, uh, and oh, then nice. Sam and then Sam kind of becomes Bucky for a bit, yeah, uh, and becomes more of a Bucky relationship there. But I think it all it, it maybe it's not even that they become a, a, a Bucky relationship, but Cap having a relationship with Howard in this film, and maybe. Cap is always trying to see Howard and Tony, and that's what kind of causes their butting heads because of Tony's own strained relationship with Howard. Right. Uh, so oh, you
2: worked with my dad. He never mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, 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 yeah, it's one of those things too. Uh, so yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think if you really didn't like it as a period piece then, and you haven't revisited it for a while, go back, check it out. Maybe you'll see it in a different light.
2: I have a question. Okay. our listeners to write in. If you didn't like it as a period piece, what was it that you wanted to see instead?
1: Yes, very good question. Uh, And I promise, I am checking our emails. (laughs) If I have missed any emails, I am not intentionally missing them. Uh but I have not seen quite any yet. So please do write in. Uh we would like to hear from you and 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 get your thoughts out there. Uh you know, Leslie and I might be a little bit of an echo chamber for each other because we are <laughs> big fans of these films and we we disagree sometimes, uh yeah. but but not all the time. Or
2: uh respectfully.
1: <laughs> right. I don't I don't reach through Skype and try to punch her. <laughs> We're not a shop shop channel. <laughs> Although I, I know our, our, third co-host who hasn't been here in a while would, would like to go, uh, a little shock jockey sometimes. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, scores, uh, Leslie, lead us off with your score.
2: Um, for me, because I love Steve so much. It's a five.
1: Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I love
2: Peggy. So I'm probably
1: going to have to land on a five as well. Um, Yes. It, it just it did everything I needed it to do uh, for a Captain America film and as a lead in for Avengers uh, and for what we would get uh, for future films. So yeah. uh, I think that's going to do it for us uh, this week. Uh, well, not this week, but for this special episode, considering <laughs> when it's missing, uh we hope uh, you had a wonderful uh independence day and we couldn't think of anything better to do outside of maybe reviewing independence day um as as a special release i, I when i looked at like what was coming out i was just saying we have to do captain america yeah independence day um so we hope you guys had a great one enjoy your long weekend uh if you've got one and uh we'll talk to you in the next one and if you're if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us at, uh, on Twitter at CriticsNTCynics. Follow us on Facebook at um, Critics Not Cynics podcast. uh, Write into the podcast, answer Leslie's question uh, at CriticsNotCynics at gmail.com. And uh, you can follow the podcast on any podcasting service, uh, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, all those, all those good old uh, podcasting services. Uh, and if you would leave us a rate and review, uh, we'd appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys next time.